A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. The Zone. If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I'd say comfortable is a good way to describe what weather we're going to experience today. Welcome in, everybody. It's a Tuesday. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee. Glad to bring you the information you need when it comes to Wisconsin agriculture and keeping you connected with where your food comes from. Today, we'll have a few more clouds than we did yesterday. Our daytime high expected to touch out around 57 degrees. Tonight, down to 30. Tomorrow, more clouds and 57. Then Thursday is when the worm starts to turn. Thursday, we'll have cloudy skies with rain in the morning, 50 degrees. Friday, snow showers are possible early in the day, 40-hour expected high. Saturday, mostly cloudy and 38 degrees. We knew it was imminent, uh, but uh, as you can imagine, when you've got temperatures that have been in the 60s, uh, that ground isn't going to get real cold anytime fast, so that snow's not likely to stick around. That's just my opinion. We'll find out what Stu Muck has to say about that in 15 minutes or so. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1965. And by your dairy farmers of Wisconsin. Dairy farmers of Wisconsin exist to be a tireless advocate, marketer, and promoter for Wisconsin dairy farmers by growing demand for their dairy products. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. If you carry a cell phone, Big Brother knows where you are just about every minute of your life. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. Yeah, that's for people. But what about animals as they go from farm to farm? You know, we've got ear tags. That, that has always been the way we tracked them and kept track of uh, their genetics and a lot of other information about cattle. But Aaron, there's new technology that's uh, changing a lot of that, isn't there? Yeah, Bob, you got that right. And we're always interested to hear more about new technologies in ag, no matter what aspect it is. But this time, I got the chance to talk about the technology in cattle ranching. Aaron Zimmerman here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And it's funny you bring up the ear tag thing, but this one is actually a bolus that the cow ingests. I talked with Trent Stucker of Land Scout, and he talks about a partnership of technology companies that have actually worked together to help respond. Or, help ranchers respond quicker and more effectively to problems on the ranch faster than ever before. We talked about that new technology that they're using to monitor location and health of animals. And, but first we visited about how technology companies became interested in serving ranchers and how the port partnership of companies really formed. Yeah. First and foremost, thanks for having me on Aaron. Um, really, really honored to be here and, and talk to you and your listeners. Um, yeah, so LandScout is we're a technology company, and our our main area of focus is GIS or mapping software. So our clients come to us um, when they do field work and they need to manage that field work on a robust system. But it goes beyond that. You know, they they need to transfer data through it. They need to share data with with other stakeholders. And so we primarily I'll give you a little bit of background here. We primarily started in the energy business. 
Um, and when that market, as everyone knows, was depressed with a, a lot of par- markets last year, um, we really changed our focus. And we started looking at other verticals where, you know, there's obviously a lot of field work goes on and, and mapping is important and management of assets in the field is important. And so we started working with, um, you know, large, large ranch uh, operations, land and ranch operations. And, and we kind of started dipping a toe in that space um, through some other client relationships we had. And through those, through, you know, putting our, our core product to the market, um, we started to discover other opportunities for us to add um, technologies to really integrate with our with our system and make it more robust and thus more value add add more value for our clients. Now let's talk a little bit first about that partnership that you have going. You know, between AgBoost, Land Scout, and SmartStock. You know, how did that mm-hmm. kind of come to be, and and what kind of things did you look at when you first sat down and you know wanted to start doing something? Yeah, great question. So, um, AgBoost was pretty easy. So I'm I'm an entrepreneur, and and I've I have a couple other companies on the side, and through the entrepreneur community here in Oklahoma City, uh, one of my friends. Sean Akadiria, he's the the founder and CEO of, of AgBoost. He provides they they provide genetic tests for really any animals, but they're really in the mainly in the beef production um, space right now. And on top of the the genetic testing they have, they have a really cool analytics dashboard where you can view, you know, basically the different traits of the animals and. A lot of producers use it to be, to make sure they're pairing, you know, the right bulls with the right right cows, um, and make sure they're in the same pasture and and things like that. And so, um, I've known Sean for about three years, and I've always wanted to work with him. And when we were looking to really add to Landscout in our offering for for ranch management, he was my first call. And so that's that's how that kind of got associated. And then SmartStock, um, owned by a gentleman named Bill Ardry, who's just a, an amazing, he's really an inventor, um, and he lives in Oklahoma. And so I think you're seeing a, a theme here. You know, we looked for partnerships that were local, you know, that, that know Oklahoma agriculture and uh, relationships that re- could really, you know, we could help each other, you know, open doors in the Oklahoma ag space. With continuing rising inputs, you know, things that are continue to get in the way of cattle producers, we're always looking for ways to be more efficient, cut costs, those kind of things. How can these things that you're doing really help ranchers and farmers to cut costs, you know, pay attention to their livestock and just be more efficient in ways? Yeah, absolutely. So Landscout as a platform um, can help add real-time visibility to really any asset that's in on their ranch or on their properties. Um, so equipment to cattle to crop management, you know, it, it adds a real-time look into that. And then, and I'll give you an example with SmartStock. So SmartStock is, is a technology and it looks kind of like, like a shotgun shell, Aaron, um, but it's something that's ingested into the, into the cow and, it, it, it stays with the cow for the life of the animal, and it basically monitors both their location and their, their temperature. So the cool thing about that is it's a super risk management tool uh, for ranchers. So if, if, if you're out in the field, 
you know, you can be alerted, you know, in real time that one of, you know, your prize bull temperature is above 105 degrees, you know, <laughs> or is in, in critical, they're in critical shape and they need help immediately. And maybe they're, you can also tell, see what their temperature is, but you can also locate them faster than you ever could. And you can see if they're, you know, way too far from a water source, you know, or something like that. So we just wanted to add that real-time visibility so ranchers could respond to issues fast. That's awesome. Now, with this technology, is it something that farmers and ranchers can just get on their phone? Or I guess, how do how do you monitor all this data that's coming in or that you can look at? Yeah, so there's there's different ways of doing it. It really depends on on the application, right? So, and really, in a lot of ways, how, how large the the, uh, the operation is too. But uh, typically, um, there there are you know receivers for the real time data that smart stock supp- supplies you know that have to be set up you know around the property, and typically those are set up where the animals congregate, um, so near a water source or near a pen or or what have you, or you know gate entries, and those. Those have a radius that pick up a cell signal, and then that cell signal can go to uh, basically LandScout's cloud, and that's what gets populated into our our platform. So that's where our platform really comes in handy. And then that platform can be served up, you know, a number of different ways. It's it's over the web, right? So it it can be, you know, on your cell phone and on an iPad. Um, you can have alerts. Uh, via email, so you know if something's wrong with one of your animals, your and your cowboy is on Landscout, you know, they might they might get a buzz on their phone if there's an issue. We don't have a native app built yet, but that's that's the goal to really make that alerting system more robust. When you know you're out in different parts of the country, I guess you know obviously some places have better cell service or Wi-Fi reception or what have you, you know, in different locations. Do you ever seem to have problems with that? And what do you do if you do have those problems? Yeah, so we're we're getting to that now. Uh, we have a couple uh, test sites that we're utilizing to, to test these partnerships. So I know that's an issue that's going to come up. And so we're going to have to figure out some type of online or, sorry, offline alerting capabilities you know, as this technology matures. And so if we do this again in a month, I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> sure, definitely. Now, for people who maybe, you know, haven't heard of this or maybe are interested in it, you know, what kind of maybe cost is associated with it? Or how can you tell people that it's really, you know, a good thing to invest in and really worth their time? That's a, I guess that's a, the million dollar question, right? Um, it really depends on on the operation too, and what the goals of the operation are. Um, but it, it's a pretty simple. So in terms of the technology, in terms of the software access, we'll start there with Landscout. It's a standard, um, like software as a service subscription. Um, so a monthly or annual fee for you and your stakeholders to access the software. Um, and that would include any access to, you know, any mobile apps that we, we develop on top of that. But in terms of the actual equipment that we're partnering with, right, and that we're reselling, like, so the boluses from SmartStock and the genetic tests from AgBoost, those are extremely affordable. I think the bolus is around, you know, we're, we're, still, we're, we're still working on partnership kind of pricing on that, but it's around 60 bucks to 100 bucks per animal um, for the bolus. And again, that lives with, the, it stays in the animal for the life of the animal. So pretty, pretty cheap considering 
what it's able to alert you to, right, if one of your animals is in critical condition. And then the genetic tests are super affordable access. You know, they're about 45 bucks a test. You know, obviously, you only have to do that once because you'll have that record in AgBoost, hopefully, um, for the life of your animal. And it's like seven or eight bucks an animal to upload that to AgBoost. We try and keep it very affordable. We know these are our lean operations with a tight margin. All kinds of different technologies and innovations within the agriculture industry to continue to make things more efficient. Here with Trent Zucker of Land Scout. He's working with some partners on doing things for cattle ranching, making cattle ranching more efficient, making it more easy to track the health and locations of your animals, and at the end of the day, make your operation more productive and efficient. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You know what's really sweet? Getting a chance to talk with John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. He's going to be catching up with us today. We get the World Ag Supply Demand Report out at 11 a.m. Central Time. Time to talk weather. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us this morning. And I think this is one of those deals where in the next 48 hours or so, everything is going to start to change on almost an hourly basis from what I can see. 
It is going to start taking on that autumn look again, and it happens pretty quickly. Yeah, you're right, Pam. Still a very mild day today. High pressure is just trying to build in from our northwest. A little weak cool front passed through here late yesterday and last night. Not a big deal, although I do see some uh, a low 20-degree readings up at Manitouish Waters. Everywhere else in the state, not nearly that cold, but there will be some sun today with that high nearby, and it does stay dry. Now we clear it out a bit and get cooler overnight, but we have to look out to the west. I mentioned yesterday, the storm out in the Pacific Northwest is just pushing into the far northwest part of the country now, and it is going to bring precipitation our way. There's activity this morning on that cool front off to our south, South Dakota, Nebraska, southwest Iowa. None of that a concern for us. But look at the activity out to the west. It's going to begin pushing our way. And I'd expect, especially on toward Wednesday night, that we'll start to see some rain showers. Rain, that's the name of the game. Wednesday night on into Thursday. But a cold front then pushes through here. And that will happen as we make our way on through Wednesday night into Thursday onto Wednesday into Thursday, and that's when, of course, with that cool front, that that rain could actually mix with some snow. Nothing that's going to be a big deal, but snow that may stick on grassy areas could be around late Thursday night or into the day Friday as temperatures gradually cool right down from Thursday, Friday, and into Saturday with daytime highs back in the 30s expected Friday and Saturday. A cool run at the weekend. That's exactly how it's going to work out. And that sprinkly or very light precipitation every now and again may stick with us even as we make our way to the weekend. I'll have forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. So I know when you start talking about the precipitation situations, too, that it starts catching attention from the audience. Go over what you're expecting. All right. Well, let's look for today, and I expect some sunshine. Call it partly sunny, not a bad day, mid and upper 50s. A lot of upper 50s to be expected. The north winds 5 to 10. We stay more clear overnight, down in the lower 30s. The north winds about 5, even becoming calm before daybreak. Partly sunny Wednesday. Western Wisconsin could see a small chance of a late-day shower while well, it's dragged that on toward the Madison area, too. Maybe a sprinkle by late in the day. And we'll still be in the upper 50s. The southeast winds 5 to 15. Showers on Wednesday night last into Thursday. By Thursday night, some of that snow may try to mix in. Thursday, low 50s for highs. West winds 5 to 15, gusting to 25, becoming north. I'd say rainfall-wise, 
Could be in that half to near one-inch range, La Crosse and Mauston. Probably a half to three-quarters elsewhere, Madison up to Oshkosh and all points in between, Pam. And snow sticking on the grass, on the truck windshield, that kind of thing. That's a possibility Thursday night or Friday. But you know, the the soil is so warm after what we've experienced. I got to believe it is really going to be a struggle for any snow to try to stick around, at least on the short term, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to stick, you know, when the grass holds it off the ground for a while, that's it. Otherwise, it's just going to melt in and give us another shot of moisture. All right, sounds good, buddy. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks, Stu. All right, take care. Stumach, our ag meteorologist, with the weather details that you've been looking for. Uh, like I said, as far as details are concerned, you can still let me know what's happening in your backyard with rainfall reports, because until it starts snowing... Rainfall reports are still in play. The Midwest Farm Report talk text line is what you want to use. Call or text 877-301-FARM. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help with the robbery investigation. On October 22nd, at approximately 4 a.m., officers were dispatched to the Walgreens in the 7800 block of Mineral Point Road for an armed robbery. A masked black male entered the Walgreens, confronted the clerk with a firearm, and demanded cash from the register. They then fled from the store. Officers were able to conduct a canine track, which ended in the 7900 block of Tree Lane. The suspect is described as tall and muscular, wearing a gray sweatshirt, dark sweatpants, and purple shoes. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact the Madison Police Department at 608-255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact the Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 608-266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. At Tom's Auto Center, we're known for being up front with our auto repairs. And name brand new tires. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. Goodyear, Firestone, Brigstone, Michelin, BF Goodrich, Continental, and Kelly Tires. We carry and install them all. When you need new tires, Tom's Auto Center will make sure you leave happy. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma? This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family, and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you, too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something 
that you can customize yourself. Maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, Stuff you won't find anywhere else and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. If you've been injured in a bad crash, you might think the facts are so clear that you don't need an attorney big mistake. Insurance companies have many arguments to reduce settlements, no matter how clear the claim may seem. I'm John Rihala. At Clifford and Rihala, we have the experience you need to take on those arguments and win. Recent example, a young woman was driving when an oncoming car crossed the center line and crashed into her head-on. She was severely injured and paralyzed and needed experienced lawyers. Though her case seemed clear, the insurance companies still came up with lots of reasons why they didn't want to pay. We fought for her and made sure she and her family received the full compensation they deserved. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hard-working, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Have prairie exteriors add more value to your roof? Right now, get free gutters or leaf protection with the purchase of any roof. Imagine a new roof to highlight your home outlined by stunning handcrafted gutters for free from Prairie Exteriors. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com or uh, the Scarlet Knights crying after that ass whooping that Wisconsin gave them uh, in New Jersey there. Yikes. That was a complete ass whooping, as you said. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I think like we all thought that they were going to cover, but I don't think anybody saw this Wisconsin offense with 52 points. But passing game came alive. The running game was still uh, where it's been the last, uh, what, month? It was uh, – and, and the defense obviously uh, took care of business. Even they got us play from the kicker on special teams. Yeah, they were – they were fantastic, dude. What's are we gonna get to see more of Grover Borolati coming up here? <laughs> well, the way that running backs are dropping by the wayside, they may. I know. What's up with Ches Malusi, dude? Yeah, we'll, we'll get probably more information on the tape. I certainly don't think it looked good. Um, was it non-contact, yeah. right? Or was yeah, it? It was non, yeah, it was a non-contact injury. Went into the injury tent. Was in there for a long time. Oh, Paul Chris went in there. Grant Mertz went. Like all these guys are going in there. So I, yeah, I mean it's. He was able to. Uh, he walked himself into the to the locker room, um, but I mean, he, certainly serious injuries you can do that on. I, I guess I'm not holding my uh, breath for something positive coming out of uh, whatever we hear today. Okay, um, this is going to so, sound weird. Perhaps. This is going to sound weird, but the mm-hmm. more people that seem like they transfer or get kicked off the team or sadly get hurt. I feel like the better the Badgers continue to do, and I know that's not like long-term sustainable success, but 
What what is what has changed now that they've won five in a row? They've become bowl eligible. Is it just the quality of opponent has gone down, or like what is? Or are they vibing well, yeah. more? Graham Mertz? Like what's going on with the Badgers? Because they're doing pretty good. I think I think a lot of it has to do with that second part where you're stuck talking about the quality of teams that they're playing now. Again, Iowa was ranked in the top ten. Purdue was a top twenty five team. So they they beat both of those teams. One of them on the road. So you can't take this all away from. But yeah, Rutgers isn't a very good team and. Uh, Illinois, not a very good team, and obviously Army is what it is, but they're, they are playing certainly better. I mean, if they had been, I think if they had started out the season with Rutgers and Army and Illinois and Purdue, perhaps, maybe we're looking at this season a little bit differently. Maybe they're in the position that Michigan State was in before this week. Maybe they're in the top mm-hmm. 10, and everyone's talking about them for the college football playoff, and then they have to start playing their toughest games, and, and maybe things change. But at least, I think if they started out that way, they get, they get, some continuity, they get some uh, confidence that they just didn't get having to go against the re- the the, uh, the schedule they did. But they, there's no doubt that they're playing better. They are that that's certainly the case. Like we we saw Grant Mertz against Illinois, he wasn't great. He wasn't great against Army either. He was great on Saturday, and outside of one outside of the uh, the interception, he was great. And his guys went and made plays for him. That, that's the type of offense and. Again, Rutgers, but that's the type of offense I think some people were expecting coming into here. Yeah, I mean, it looked good, dude. And, uh, Zach, we do have a message here from the King. He says, I know what changed for the Badgers. They got grit. It's the grit factory, dude. Wow. Yeah, the grit. The grit yeah. They got grit. They got grit. So the, what's the up? Greatest, yeah? yeah the, I was just going to add, you, you mentioned Grover Borrelotti and everyone you know, kind of joking, but so they don't, they're not allowed to have the grit factory hats on the sideline anymore because they're making money off of them now. Yeah, but yeah. They're 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 doing this new thing, the grit fact uh, grit factory worker of the week, um, and uh, it was Grover Bordelotti because Grover Bordelotti wasn't even supposed to be there. Like he he's the scout team running back. The guy rules, but but he managed to show them he could be a long snapper. And so oh, the Packers might need him. Yeah, and he served as the backup long snapper on Saturday. It's the only reason he was actually on the travel squad, <laughs> and then obviously they, yeah. So that's the only reason he was even there. And then he gets to go out there and he runs for 48 yards and five carries. It was all, that's a, it's an awesome story. Okay. Go ahead and you're, you're asked about somebody else. Well, no, I, I love the, uh, the positivity there of, uh, of Bordelotti. I, I love it. He could be this next, like, cult hero. Uh, Zach, real quick, how many players got injured, uh, you know, against Rutgers for the Badgers? And, like, do you have any updates on any of them at all? Yeah, so the, obviously we'll get more information on Ches Malusi today. Jack Nelson, I still don't know what happened there, and no cameras caught it. I'm sure that the, the coaching staff has the coaching film, and, and they'll see what happened. But talking to Joe Tipman after the game, the center, and he looked. So he was talking to Nelson after the play, talking, looking. Then he looked back at Graham Mertz to see if he had gotten up because he got knocked down on the play. And he looked back, and Joe Nelson, uh, Jack Nelson was face down Oof. in the turf. That's not good. So, yeah, no, never a positive. But he was actually able to be on the sideline after the game. I don't know. We don't. They wouldn't even like. Usually, UW gives you an update on to what the injury actually was. Like they'll say leg or arm or head, and they didn't give any kind of update whatsoever. So um, I, I think we'll p- perhaps know a little bit more today on that. That that one's serious. I mean, that one's obviously interesting. And then Marcus Allen, the wide receiver, got hurt late too. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the chest injury is the big one. You... Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Still pretty mild for today. 57 are expected high, 57 tomorrow. But then Thursday, that's when everything starts to change weather-wise around Wisconsin. By Thursday, we'll have clouds and rain in the morning, 50 degrees the daytime high. Friday, we could see some snow showers scattered around the state, at least in the early morning hours. Friday's high is around 40 degrees. Today is a World Ag Supply Demand Report. We're going to get a preview on what the market's talking about. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us live to keep you posted. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. So it's the ninth day of November. On this day, back in 1895, the Pabst Theater in Milwaukee was completed. And it was pretty incredible. Back in 1895, it was the first all-electric theater. It also had air conditioning, which was incredible for 1895. It became the real hub as one of the finest German theater companies in the United States at the Pabst Theater in Milwaukee, which was completed on this day, 1895. On this day in 1996, we broke ground on Miller Park, and here's one for you. On this day in 1968, many Wisconsinites felt an earthquake. It measured magnitude 5.3 earthquake reports coming in from La Crosse, Milwaukee, Port Washington, Portage, Prairie du Chien, and Sheboygan. Everybody's saying they felt the shock. That earthquake on this day back in 1968. And now you know. Well, we've been talking about it, but I want to go over details again about the Wisconsin Farm Support Program, Round 3. The application process opened yesterday morning and will continue until November 29th at 4.30 p.m. But in case you missed the details or in case you're still trying to figure out what's going on with the letter that pre-qualified farms received, Let's listen again to the conversation Stephanie Hoff had with our Wisconsin Ag Secretary, Randy Romanski, about the Wisconsin Farm Support Program, now accepting applications again. A third round of the state's $50 million farm support program is underway. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, and folks should know to not throw away your mail. This time, eligible farmers will get a letter from the Department of Revenue with application information. DACAP Secretary Randy Romanski explains more. Beginning November 1st, the Department of Revenue is going to send a letter to farmers. And in the letter, farmers will obtain information about the program and a letter ID, which is required to complete the application. Uh, Those letters will be sent to farmers with at least $10,000, but less than $5 million in gross income. Okay, so similar to Phase 2. Correct. Similar to Phase 2 of the the first time Governor Evers made funding available in direct payments, yes. Then with that code, they go online to apply? Eligible farmers can apply online through the Department of Revenue website, and that's uh, revenue.wi.gov. And farmers who did not receive a letter and believe they qualify, or farmers who cannot apply online, can request assistance by calling the Department of Revenue, and I will give you that number as well. It's 608-266-2772, and uh, Spanish and Hmong-speaking farmers uh, should also call that number for assistance. So it's the Department of Revenue that you'll be calling, not DATCAP. Um, if you guys get calls, will you be sending them to Department of Revenue? 
Yes, we will say if people contact DACAP uh, in, instead of the Department of Revenue, we will share that information or transfer them over to uh, Department of Revenue. We'll also have uh, information posted on our website to kind of cross-promote, but the important thing for people to remember is that they can apply through the Department of Revenue website, revenue.wi.gov. What are the dollar amounts we're talking here? How much money total is allocated to this farm support program round three? Well, Governor Evers has, uh, has dedicated $50 million in direct payments uh, through the federal ARPA dollars. Uh, and that is the same amount that the governor made available in uh, the first round of, uh, of farm support program uh, payments. In that case, $50 million was distributed to about 15,000 farmers uh, who applied. Are you anticipating the same amount of farms will get money this time around, 15000 It's unknown at this point, Stephanie. The, the important thing that we're telling people is that the Department of Revenue is going to send something out in the mail to, to farmers who are within that income uh, bracket, uh, and they should apply. Once all the applications are, or once the application period has closed, uh, then the Department of Revenue is going to distribute the entire $50 million. So um, that amount of money that each farmer will get will be depending on how many people apply. Okay, so we don't know yet the most amount of money a farm can get. Correct. There's not a sliding scale that's been set up this time. This time it's just been uh, the, uh, the application process has been streamlined, and, uh, and once the application period is closed, then however many farmers are, that get in are going to be receiving funding. One thing I'll mention is that the, uh, the letters are going out to farmers starting today. Uh, the application link will be live at 8 a.m. on November 8th. So the, while the letters are going out today, uh, people probably won't see them uh, arrive in their mailbox for a few days. And even if you don't have your letter and you think you apply, uh, you can contact the Department of Revenue uh, at that phone number or at their website that I mentioned, just in case you have questions. Good to know that, that the website will go live shortly after those letters start going out. And the application period closes on November 29th. Yeah, the goal that the governor said uh, from the beginning was to try was to try and get the dollars out to, to people before the end of the year. So that's the goal is to try and make sure that uh, checks are checks are in the mail and in farmers' hands by the end of the year. Secretary, I also wanted to ask what fueled the decision to do this program again. Well, the governor understood that COVID-19 affected uh, agriculture and farmers immediately, and, and there were some significant disruptions in the supply chain. Seeing how hard uh, they were hit by the pandemic, uh, Governor Evers understood that it was important to uh, jump in and uh, uh, provide some assistance to farmers who never stopped working during the pandemic. And while the initial disruptions in the supply chain uh, showed up through things like uh, farmers having to dispose of milk or uh, the supply chain disruptions in the meat processing industry or, you know, in some cases, what made it to the shelves in grocery stores, there are still disruptions in the supply chain. It's just that those disruptions are in a different place. It might be farmers having to pay more for for feed, uh, maybe uh, harder to obtain equipment, uh, inputs uh, that are that are increasing in cost. So seeing that supply chain disruption now moving to the back, you know, uh, back end of this 
process as we continue to bounce back from COVID-19. The governors thought it was uh, once again time to step in and provide some funding in direct payments for, through the Farm Support Program. As DATCAP Secretary Randy Romanski said, this money can be used to relieve supply chain issues impacting the farm, such as rising costs of feed and goods due to transportation issues. Again, watch out for that letter. It'll come from the Department of Revenue to eligible farmers' mailboxes. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. Thanks, Stephanie. So again, just want to make sure people are clear that the Wisconsin Farm Support Program, Round 3, is now accepting your applications. The information that Stephanie just presented is on our website now, MidwestFarmReport.com. You can see it, Fabulous Farm Babe, on Facebook. And if you are still having problems with your application, you have questions, you didn't get a letter, you can contact the Department of Revenue at 608-266-2772. That's 608 608- 266-2772. Application process close at 4.30 p.m. on November 29th. Markets in overnight electronic trade this morning are very firm. December corn's up four right now at 5.55. The January soybeans are up two at 11.90. Right now, December wheat is up six at 7.74, with July new crop wheat up four at 7.80. The dairy markets were robust yesterday. Barrel cheese was up a nickel at a dollar fifty-five and a quarter. Forty-pound block cheese was up six and three-quarter cents at one sixty-five and a quarter. Double A butter up three at one ninety-six and a half per pound. Currently, December milk is up nineteen cents at seventeen eighty-seven a hundredweight. January milk's up twenty at eighteen twenty-seven a hundredweight. Boy, Wisconsin farmers are using this warm, dry weather to finish up the harvest. As of Sunday, according to the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service, we had 76% of our corn already harvested. That's 12 days ahead of our five-year average. They said the average moisture in that corn was about 18%. 93% of our soybeans are harvested. 92% of the winter wheat has emerged. And 61% of the fall tillage complete as of Sunday. World Ag Supply Demand Report hitting the market later today. John Heinberg's got a preview for it coming up next from the Total Farm Marketing folks in West Bend. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Compere Financial wishes farmers and agribusiness a safe harvest season. Stay in touch with your local Compeer team throughout the year to see how they can help make your plans a reality. Exceptional client experience at the heart of everything they do. Visit Compeer.com or call 844-426-6733 today. Compeer Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Aloha, fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee inviting you to join me on a four-island tour of the Hawaiian Islands, March 21st through April 2nd. This is going to be a fantastic tour, not only including beautiful tropical scenery, but learning about Hawaii's agriculture, pineapple production, salt harvesting, and more. You can get a free brochure by calling Holiday Vacations, 888-557-1020. That number again, 888 888- Five five seven ten twenty. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, 
Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve, or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. If you need to know about farming, then you need to know Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, one of the newsmakers for today is going to be the World Ag Supply and Demand Report that's coming out at 11 a.m. Central Time. Now, uh, we're not sure about the numbers, but there seems to be a lot of discussion about bigger yields than previously expected. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us live this morning. What's the chatter this morning, John? I see that corn, beans, and wheat, everybody seems to be maintaining their position as far as the cash price is concerned. What's uh, what's everybody talking about so far? Yeah, as we're getting ready for the report today, a lot of focus on what the USDA could be doing with things today. Now, first off, expectations, like you just mentioned, expect to see the corn yield to come up slightly, uh, just maybe four-tenths of a bushel, half a bushel per acre. So not a big adjustment. So when you put that into the corn balance sheet, that's not much of an impact. The focus there will be more on what does the USDA do on the demand side for corn. The ethanol market's been red hot. The grind's been very aggressive the last couple of weeks. I expect them to make some adjustments there. Probably will compensate for what we get in the yield boost. Probably keeps the carryover real close to where we are. In that case, you know, corn's probably fairly priced and still being moving with the cash market. But we are, you know, trending a little bit lower and keeping an eye on what's going on with those global corn prices in terms of that demand. Shifting to beans very quickly, same thing there. Maybe another half a bushel per acre coming in on that soybean yield. Now that can have an impact on the balance sheet and maybe move that carryout back up, you know, over that closer to that 400 million bushel window beans have been on a pretty slippery slope here as you've been looking at prices just continue to drop lower combination of things going on there the demand is not there right now sales are way behind last year's pace shipments are 30 percent behind last year's pace and then put on top of that a really good south american crop starting to brew and uh, that's just making sure those exporters are sitting back saying well we'll wait for those cheaper brazilian beans and just buy enough u.s beans to get by Okay, so we want to kind of keep an eye on what's happening with transportation also. Talk to me a little bit, uh, you know, the Biden administration announcing that they were basically going to ask uh, truckers and everybody to go 24 hours straight on trying to get the port moving a little bit more. Is transportation at all about a part of this conversation, John? Not so much in that grain side of the equation. Things are moving there. It's right now. It's just a lack of demand. You know, and overall, we're getting the product moving on other facets through the river, down the rail, things of that nature to get to the ports. Bean shipments actually this week were very, very good. Just still not at the level we need them to get to be. So that's still, uh, you know, the biggest problem we had there in the grain markets is we lost September because of Hurricane Ida, and we haven't yet recovered from that. And just saw a clip go that Chinese purchases of Brazilian beans were up 35 percent here over the second half of the year based on the fact that the our ports weren't available due to Hurricane Ida. Ah, good point. Very good point. Uh, let's talk uh, a little bit about the ethanol industry. So uh, the, the plight 
the request of being able to market E15 year-round got shut down. Is that going to taper that ethanol grind at all? Well, you know, obviously anything that cuts back on potential demand is a big factor. So obviously that was a very disappointing move in terms of what the market was looking for. And it just continues to seem like ethanol, you know, fights upstream against what the oil industry wants to have happen. Biggest factor right now, though, is we've got really good demand on the energy front in those ethanol numbers. We're seeing that crush and the grind be very, very aggressive. And those stockpiles continue to stay low. So that tells us what we're putting out there is going somewhere either overseas or it's got some use somewhere here in the domestic market you know as we've increased driving and things of that nature you know they're sitting on a pretty good spot right now in terms of the ethanol industry in terms of their profit margins and they are trying to lock up every bushel of corn they can whether it's through the board or physically and that's one of the reasons we've seen some good support in that corn price and that's still going to be the number to watch is how much does the usda move that ethanol demand here over the next handful of months starting with today's report You mentioned South America, which becomes a bigger and bigger part of the equation now that we're wrapping up our harvest. A lot of uh, South America had been very, very dry, though. Give us kind of a status update on their conditions. Right now, that Brazilian bean crop is off and rolling and in great shape. And on top of that, it's in early this year and producing beans that could come as, to the market as soon as late December. That was one of the reasons we had so much strength in the soybean market last year is the fact that they were behind due to the dry start. And we, they didn't have beans in the market till January into February. So that allowed U.S. beans an ex, extended export window, where this year that window seems to be even tighter. So right now, things are looking very good for the majority of Brazil. We do have some questions about the southern Brazil crop in the Argentina because of La Nina. We'll have to continue to watch that, see how that develops. That could come into play. Maybe we can see a little bit of an end-of-year rally in that regard if we start seeing some issues show up in that region because of La Nina. You mentioned end-of-the-year. World Ag Supply Demand Report. Do, do a lot of our reports start to fizzle now between now and January 2022? What do we have to look forward to after today? After today's report, the December report is usually just a line item mover. In other words, they'll go in and change some things on the demand side of the tables. Not much movement at all in terms of yield. The big focus then will move to the January report, which is the final report for the, the marketing year in terms of projections for yield as well as the acres and things of that nature with a grain stocks report at the same window. So that's so the December report stays pretty quiet. Yeah, this will be a benchmark number today that could set us up for basically the, till the end of the year. So that's that's why the November report does have some things behind it in terms of, you know, some of the volatility. You know, and again, really the number I'm probably watching today is what's going to be the happening with that bean crop, what's going to be happening with that bean carryover, because it feels like we're in a window where supplies keep building. And if that's the case, it's going to be hard for markets to get much traction, even though we're kind of oversold in that soybean market at this time. You want to get your strategy in place before the World Ag Supply Demand Report at 11 a.m. Central Time. He is John Heinberg. Happy to help you out, Market Advisor. Total Farm Marketing in West Bend, their website, totalfarmmarketing.com, or you can call them toll-free, 800-334-9779. John's email is John H., right? John H. at totalfarmmarketing.com. Okay, John H. at Total Farm Market. Oh, my apologies. Yes, that is correct. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. We got it Missed out you. there. All right, good deal, John. We'll catch up with you next week. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend.